you. Thank you for your love. Thank you because you are the shepherd of our lives. You never leave your flock untended. You are committed to our good. You have led us thus far. It is not by power, it is not by might, Lord, but by your spirit. Have your way, Lord, even as you continue to teach us, even as you continue to enlighten us, especially on the path of our pregnant journey. Thank you for the glory of your majesty. Thank you for the power of your presence. Thank you because you are at work in us to bring us up as a glorious church, a church without wrinkles, a church without spots, a church glorified that you present to the Father. We have come this morning to be under your tutelage and you continue to cleanse us by your word, build us up by your word. You have your way, Lord. Thank you, Eucharist Jesus, who adore you, the Blessed Sacrament. And as we lay ourselves bare before you, may we never remain the same at the end of this program. Let something glorious happen in the chambers of our lives. We pray in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Can we just walk up a little bit? Just come forward a little bit instead of being back there. Go to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. We read from verse 25. It says, Husband, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spots or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. Amen. Amen. If we continue going down, let's just look at what Paul is talking about. In verse 28, he said, in the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own body. He who loves his wife loves himself. Verse 29. For no one ever hates his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it. Just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. 
Therefore, a man should leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Verse 32, Paul makes a point there now. You know, he says, This mystery is profound. I'm not saying that it refers to Christ and the church. He said, I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself. So, what Paul is trying to do here is that he picked the mystery that is existing between Jesus and the church to inspire the married life. And the same thing, the same mystery that governs the, the church and Jesus is a mystery that governs husband and wife. And so the mystery of the church and Christ continues to remain a template, becomes like a standard for married life. Now, the emphasis I want to take here is not about the married life. I want to talk about this mystery between, between Jesus and the church. And that is what we try to articulate from verse 26, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water, by the washing of the water, by the word of God, by the washing of the water, by the word of God. You know, we are very much uh, in tune with the whole idea of listening to the word of God and doing it. Okay? There is this so much emphasis on when you hear the word of God, do it. Be a doer of the word, which is very, very good. Okay? But there's a greater part in the mystery of the word that is crystallized in the church. And what is it? What the word is doing to us. Many have not understood that aspect of the Christian journey. The reason why you listen to the word of God is not all necessarily for you to do it, but that you open yourself up to the mission of the word of God in your heart. That's a bigger, a, a, a bigger picture of the mystery of the word. The Bible says the word took flesh and dwelt among us. The word is what that took flesh. Okay? The word took flesh and dwelt among us. So the word is taking flesh for a purpose. The word is taking flesh to carry out a mission. Amen. Amen. It's a very powerful aspect of the ministry of the church which we are all members of. And because many are blinded to this aspect of the ministry of the world, that's why they don't take the word of God very seriously. They see it as, let me understand it, and then let me leave it out. Yes, basically about 30 to 40% of the, what the world does, you have your own part to play. That's the, what they call the cooperative part. You cooperate with the world by doing your own part. But the other 60% is what the world is coming to accomplish in your life. And for that world to actually accomplish the task which God has commanded you to do, you must come to know that world. 
That's why understanding the word is very crucial. Because the word must first take flesh in you for you to carry out this assignment. The word. Indwelling. Okay, the mission of the world, the mission of the word of God. The mission of the word of God. So you can see how we are made to understand in that Ephesians chapter 5, verse 26. That he might sanctify her, sanctify the church, cleanse the church by the washing of water with the word. So one of the ministry of the word of God, it has, it has a cleansing power. It cleanses your spirit. There's a constant pollution of the human spirit. There's a constant you know, pollution of the human spirit that is always polluting the mind, polluting our spirit. Okay, the negative energies that we are that comes in contact with our spirit begins to configure our spirit to generate all kinds of character. So when we see character ma manifestation is as a result of a business that's taking place in the spirit. It's a business of what has happened in your spirit. The devil has the ability to pollute your spirit constantly. Whether you are aware of it or not, you just see yourself, all of a sudden, the energy level in your spirit begins to change. The energy level in your spirit begins to change. And you'll be struggling with it, you'll be wondering, why am I feeling the way I'm feeling? Why am I sad? Why am I depressed? Why am I not focused? Why am I frightful, fearful? Why am I not... Where the, there's nothing, there's no reason for you to start doubting yourself. You start doubting yourself. It's as a result of the business going on in your spirit. The, the devil has the ability to pollute your spirit. He has the ability to dump things in your spirit. That's what the Bible says. Guard your heart with all diligence. And when he dumps those things in your spirit, they begin to create imagination. They begin to create imagination. From imagination, words start coming out. And you see yourself saying, it's like this, this, this. You start saying words that captures the pollution in your spirit. You start saying words that reflect these things here. Whatever is going on here, if it is a um, bitterness, you know, for no reason, you're just bitter and unnecessarily. You see yourself, words that will start coming out of you are words that have been crystallized in the business of pollution, if you like. In your spirit. <coughs> so why do we need the word of God every day? Matthew chapter 4 verse 4 says what? Man does not live on bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So we need that daily ministration of the word of God because it has the ability to, work, to cleanse our spirit. 
It has ability to fumigate our spirit, and then some of this energy that has been trapped in our souls will begin to lose their grips. That's why you can see yourself. Maybe you came into the church with, you know, uh, all forgiveness. Somebody offended you, and you're so angry with the person. You're feeling what you're going to do to the person. Then you came to church, and eventually that day they had to. The the the, the word of God came to you in the direction of forgiveness, the re the essence of loving and letting go of offenses. All of a sudden, you start crying. And then, before then, it was difficult for you to let go that that issue. But now, after listening to the word of God, just it's okay, it's all right. You know, I'm going to ask the person uh, forgiving you. You see, that means that the word of God has been able to cleanse your spirit. It has fumigated your spirit to the point that you now see the reason why you should let go. So, the type of church that Jesus is raising that will stand for him on that day. There will be a gross church. It's a church that is cleansed by the word of God. So the church must submit herself. And when we talk about the church, I'm not talking about the church building or administration. I'm talking about us. We are the body of the Christ. So we must submit ourselves constantly to the cleansing ministry of the word of God. We must submit ourselves to the cleansing ministry of the word of God. These are basically Christian, you know, ministries that we must take very seriously. It shouldn't be something that should be happening once in a month. It should be a daily ministry. Don't like prayer. Prayer is not something you pray when you're in trouble. Your life is a life of constant prayer. It's a ministry of the body of Christ. When we use the word ministry, we're not trying to say maybe you are going to open a place and start praying. No, no, no. What about the activities that should garnish and make flavorable your Christian life? If that's what's called a ministry. Okay? So we must subject ourselves to the cleansing ministry of the word of God. Of the word. The cleansing ministry of the word. Very powerful ministry. Oh. Very powerful ministry. It has capacity to, you know, the Bible says it's a double edged sword that has the ability to cause between the soul and the spirit. It can enter into the realms of the soul and start doing things, business in the soul. It can enter into your spirit and begin to do business in your spirit. It can even enter between the bones and the marrows. It has the ability to enter any sphere of your life and do a cleansing business. It will cleanse you from bad energies, to cleanse you from demonic, you know, uh, onslaught. There are, there are things that have, that have taken place in your, in your soul. That you may not be aware of. It could be a normal, regular life activities, but are linked to demonic, you know, uh, 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 demonic, you know, realities. And because they have taken place in your soul, it means your soul has trapped it. And because they have been trapped in your soul, it must necessarily show up in your life, whether you like it or not. And so, sometimes even prayer may not be able to deal with such things. It is your openness to the word of God that we bring about 
the cleansing. The word of God will go in there and reverse those businesses that are taking place in your soul that are meant to finally show up in your life. There are things that have happened in our souls many years ago, you know, happened casually and all that. And we, we say, you know, you know, it's not serious because we are blinded. We thought there were normal things, you know, but we didn't know that they have very deep demonic roots and have the ability to affect your destiny, affect your life on earth here. So it's only the word of God who understands the, the, the essence of that business that will begin to have access into your soul. And when it goes there, it has the ability to dislodge that business. Are we together here? Yes. So Jesus is going to present the church without spots, without wrinkle, through the washing of the word of God. So a church that will be free from spots and wrinkle is a church that subjects herself constantly to the lordship and the cleansing ministry of the world. And that's why Jesus said, man does not live on bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. These are very important dimensions of a Christian life that we must not joke with. If we want to see ourselves walking in glory, not just glory in terms of material things and maybe blessings physically, but also being relevant in the sight of God and being able to live out our destiny. Very important. And because this is very central to our life, that is why if he, at every mass, the ministry of the world must be what? Applied. At every mass, there's the first reading, the second reading. These are opportunities given to us to be cleansed first, to experience the ministry of the world first before we will now experience the ministry of the Eucharist. As a matter of fact, the ministry of the world is the power of the world. The ministry of the world made flesh, which is the Eucharist, is the glory of the world. Without the ministry of the cleansing, you cannot experience the ministry of the glory. It is the ministry of the cleansing that brings about the word, the ministry of the glory. The story of the disciples on the way to Emmaus makes that very clear for us. Jesus had to engage the ministry of cleansing first. You know, they were going to Emmaus with unbelief, making a jest of the whole ministry of Jesus. They were moving and they were just talking carnally and all that. And Jesus said, young man, what is this thing? What are you talking about? And they said, are you the only one in Jerusalem? Who have not heard about this man called Jesus and all his ministry and how he has told us that he's going to die and when he dies he's going to rise from the dead and now some women have gone to the tomb and they have come back to give us women's stories that he has risen have been raised from the dead and so why they were still talking to Jesus say you fools how long will it take you to understand still they didn't know it was Jesus and then he began to teach them. The Bible says he began to teach them from the Old Testament to the Psalms to the prophets. And while he taught them what happened, the Bible said their hearts were burning. They felt the warmth of the word of God doing business in the chambers of their soul. So at that point, when they were going to Emmaus, they were, they were more or less, you know, overtaken by unbelief. Is that they didn't believe the words of Jesus. They were despondent, hopeless in their situation. And then they said, let us just go to Emmaus and pull off from all these stories everywhere. What kind of nonsense is this? You can see how completely disconnected they were. So Jesus had to do something in their minds, in their soul. 
Because with that move already, if Jesus did not intervene, this one will be lost. So that is why he had to engage that ministry of the cleansing. He took his time to teach them until he warmed their heart, until the world began the cleansing ministry. Their hearts were now open. As they reached the spot where they were going to, they said, Ah, sir, don't continue. The road is not wonderful. Come and stay with us. And he followed them. And while they were at the table, after they finished taking their meal, as the usual culture of the Jews, they needed to make the prayer called Bereka. And they brought bread. And he prayed and broke the bread. Then the glory of the Eucharistic bread now was made visible. And they saw him. That's when their eyes opened. And they saw it was Jesus. And these same people who were afraid to travel at night went back to Jerusalem that same night. To not say it's no longer women's uh, story. We have seen the Lord. If the ministry of the world was never implored, they will remain in darkness and hopeless. So you as a child of God, if you want to walk in the path of glory, if you want to walk with God in a radical way, you must subject yourself to the cleansing ministry of the world every day. That is why devotion to the word of God, devotion to scripture, is, is the first. You have to force yourself into it. The devil will do everything to stop you. He knows. Even as we have read it now, he has read it already. He knows that what will bring the church to glory is what? The cleansing ministry of the world. So he will do everything to frustrate you. To make you know to have passion for it. You will read it, he will confuse your mind. Those moments when you want to read scripture, that's when you remember all your troubles. They will start flying back like mad. All of them will become, you are reading, before you know it, that trouble will come again. You will just be remembering them, and before you know it, say, oh Lord, help me. I don't understand. This whole thing is confusing me. Let me come and just, just recite some prayer and sleep. You see, he has caught you away from what? Subjecting yourself to the cleansing ministry of the world. This is very important because until the world takes flesh and cleanses you, and takes away these energies that have clenched onto our soul that builds our character because you see the character we display every day is a consequence of the business going on in our soul when you hear this person has a bad character it's a sign that there's something going on in that person's soul that brings that character that character is a reflection of the spirit involved in that person's soul Amen. Amen. It's a soulish business. Character, attitude is a reflection of what is going on in your soul. Your soul is a huge processing machine. Whatever drops there, it will process it and it will definitely manifest in your life. That's what Jesus, the devil likes to do business with your soul. First of all, he will start bringing his own things into it. As he brings those energies and as you let yourself receive them, over time they start building up momentum, building energy. Before you know it, you will be able to begin to attach images to those energies. 
you start saying hmm, it's like it's like the way i'm thinking the way i'm feeling the way this is happening in my heart you start giving it a name it grows and becomes strong in your spirit and over time that energy now has capacity to start shaping the way you respond to life generally the way you respond to things, the way you make your choices, they now begin to affect you from that realm. So the devil is not in hell controlling you. He controls you by those energies you have trapped that are not in your soul. And he forms character. So he plants the seed, maybe the seed of uh, greed. He plants the seed of greed inside you. Then your soul will develop it. Before you know it, becomes so egocentric, so selfish, all about yourself. What is important is all about yourself. As time goes on, he drops maybe bitterness. He drops anger. You will be saying, I have anger problem. He drops pride. And the two will be there. And he will convince you that these are part and parcel of your life. Oh, why do you? It's, not my, it's your life. Live your life. You have made effort to stop. How can you stop what is in your soul? You can't liberate yourself. Praise the Lord. You can't liberate yourself. If you can't liberate yourself, there will be no reason why God will send his word to you. As long as you could not stop that energy to come into your soul and take hold of you, then you can't control the rest. You know there are some characters you are displayed sometimes. That are obnoxious. You don't like them. You are struggling. You have prayed and fasted about them. They are still there. <laughs> and you have fought and fought severally to the point where you now say, mm, This is me. God understands me. God doesn't understand you. God wants those energies to leave you. You were not born with anger, you were not born with bitterness, you were not born with selfishness and pride, you were not born with ego. These were things that were co-opted into your soul. The enemy wants to have a partner in your soul, and that's why he has planted those as a seed. So the spirit of uh, bitterness will come and plant his own seed and say, I have a portion in this, in this, in this land, this piece of land here. The spirit of pride will come and plant his own seed and say, I have a fortune there. And they will plant the seed and they are not there. You are the one who waters it every day. You are the one who gives the picture. You are the one who now allows you to have a hold of you and then you need to shape your character. Some will say these are just mere psychological stuff. No, they're not psychological. They are more than that. Now, let's look at that Ephesians 5 again. I want to also see something here. Verse 25. Husband, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her. You see, the church is of Christ, right? The church is a product of Christ. But that church needs to be constantly cleansed. If the church was already completely delivered and free, why should Jesus still engage the ministry of sea sanctifying and cleansing the church? 
in as much as we are in the church, we need a constant word cleansing that will continue until we are completely freed from all these energies. Then we will now step into glory. Are we together here? Are we together? Does it make sense to us? That he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of the water by the word of God. So the more you expose yourself to the knowledge of the word of God, the more you understand the word of God, the four offices of the Holy Spirit must bring the word to reality to you for it to have the effect, the power to cleanse you. The first is what? Wisdom. You must gain wisdom from the word of God. Two, knowledge. Three, understanding. Four, counsel. Anytime you read the word of God, anytime the word of God is ministered to you, these four ministries must be activated heavily inside you to be able to bring about the operation of cleansing. Before the world begins to cleanse you, it must take flesh. That means it must take root. It must what? It must take root inside you. What do we mean by, what do we mean by it must take root? That means you must, at least, it must catch your attention that passage you have read must first of all catch your attention. Two, you must understand the meaning of that passage. What is that passage communicating? You know, many times when we read the Bible, it doesn't catch our attention. Once you take the Bible from your, from your hand after reading it, you did not ask you, what do you just read? You can't even describe what you read. That means your imagination your attention was not involved in what you read. But if your attention was captured in what you read, you can vividly repeat or say classically what you read. This is what he's saying. Then the second stage is a stage of understanding. Now, with this story of Jesus, or with this story of David and Goliath, what is God communicating? What's the essence of the story? What is the meaning? The ability for you to catch attention, number one. Two, for you to catch the meaning, number two, is the process through which the word takes flesh in you. Such so that after this process is completed, now, two, three, four days, one week after that, you can vividly still, you know, narrate that passage effectively. You can still give the meaning of what that passage says. The value that passage is communicating to you, you can vividly say it. That means the word has, has, has taken flesh. 
it is when it has taken flesh that way that the world will have the capacity to begin to get into your soul and begin to dislodge the things that have been built there over the years. The negative energies will begin to lose their grips. Then the world will begin to carry its assignment. Remember God says, my world will not come back to me void until what? It has accomplished what I've good. So any part of scriptures you don't understand, any part of scripture that has not caught attention, don't expect it to cleanse you. Don't expect to cleanse you. <laughs> because it's only when it has caught your attention and you have come to do the meaning of what he's saying, you can vividly retreat this is what the scripture is telling me this is the value that the scripture is communicating to me the essence of this story is that i must do this now the thing becomes so real to you to the point that it begins to compel you into action you see at that point now you are now you have come under his government is that it has convinced you and is compelling you into action you're now responding to the demand of the world it is that response that begins the cleansing ministry. And as it's cleansing you, it's equally building up God's own energy in your soul. I wish you understand what I'm sharing with you. Are we together here? Yes. Am I making any sense at all? Yes. So it's not about how much of the scripture you have read, but the little one you have read. Has it caught your attention? How, you know, how do you allow it to catch, catch your attention? In the course of reading it or whatever, try to imagine it and be part of that scenery. You know, a few times I've told you I was there, right? You know, I was there. <laughs> I imagined that I became a part of the scene, as if I was part of the, the cinema, if you like. I'll be there in my mind, in my imagination. It's no longer what I'm reading. I'm just there imagining how they are, the battle was going on and all that. You will see more. The Spirit of God will open new visas for you and you can truly see that this is more than what is written. And so now that I have fed my imagination with this picture, it remains very clear in my mind. Then it will be easy for me to now say that what God is trying to say here is that if you are one with God, you can resist any enemy no matter how strong he is. And the spirit of those who are involved, especially like for instance, David and Goliath now, when you imagine that way, and you now see that, see if you look at this, not David, look at him. questioning this giant. Just sometimes, like, when you imagine, imagine it yourself, you can say, okay, David, please, stay one side, let me stand and see. Can I truly face this Goliath if he shows up in my life today? And as you are there, imagine this, and then you are praying your heart, you will see that the same spirit that moved David will have impact on your soul immediately. God will draw that same energy. You will see yourself as you rise from that place, say, mm -mm, if my God ever helped David to do this, this challenge that is before me, I am also keying into the same spirit of David, and I'm resisting you in the name of Jesus Christ. At that point, the word has come, began to take flesh. You have gained divine wisdom. At that point, knowledge has come to you. 
understanding has come and on account of these three things you are counseled to take stand like david to face that challenge and then you say as david brother and goliath this challenge in my life you are bringing you down so why the world is busy cleansing your fear you see with this little meditation now the world has been to cleanse you of fear of doubt of intimidation now, as that has happened, a new energy has been pumped into you. Courage has come. Faith has come alive. Amen. So the world was able to cleanse the doubt, the fear, the intimidation, all that. And now faith has come. The Bible now says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Many Christians are beset because they don't get into the depths of this reality for the word of God to finish the business it has come to do in their lives. So the more you expose yourself to understanding the word devotedly, the more you activate the cleansing ministry. Certain things will never leave you until you provoke this. Why did Jesus not come there, the disciples on the way to Emmaus? I said, come here. You, you guys who are always like this. Come and pray for you. And then I pray for them. He didn't pray for them. Started teaching them. Now, when they encounter Jesus, you can see the amount of energy they had. Fear disappeared. The same people who said, please, the road is dangerous at night. Themselves, that same night, they went back to Jerusalem. Where was the fear now? Those limiting forces that deter you from taking bold steps with God, those forces that intimidate you, that make you to take a stand of being a victim, are energies the enemy has put in your soul to make you a weakling. You will pray and say, oh God, liberate me from this fear. He said, yes, I've answered you. But you must allow his word, which he has sent, to come into your heart and do this business. And how do you allow that? By what? Opening yourself to the word. Be a devotee of reading scriptures. Prayerfully and allow it to impact your soul and to cleanse you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Each time you, you yield yourself to the cleansing ministry, it begins to dislodge the thing the enemy has traded in your soul. There's nothing like in this life that you cannot stop. There's nothing. What has made it to linger is simply the fact that the enemy has entrenched it there in your, in, your, in your soul. Your soul is so powerful. Whatever enters here, it takes divine power to remove it. Whatever enters this, this your soul, that catches your soul, your intellect, your will, your mind, whatever enters there, it will take divine power to take it off. 
That's why you have to learn to guard yourself. No untimely death will take effect in your life without first hitting your soul. No sickness will truly have its grips over you without first hitting your soul. Check well. Meet all those who are sick in the hospital. And ask them, did you ever, before you became sick, did you ever think of this sickness? Yes, initially when nature was coming, I was just thinking, thinking, thinking. Yes, their mind must have fed enough of it. <laughs> That's why when you see all this unnecessary, you know, um, propaganda about cancer, cancer of this, cancer of that, go and check yourself, go and check yourself. It's good to check yourself. But they're also helping you to be conscious of that sickness. And you'll be expecting it, expecting it, expecting it. They will tell you when you are reaching this age, just know that you have tendency to have this cancer. And so once you're at that threshold, you see yourself every time. Check yourself, check yourself, test yourself every time. So that testing will begin to build a consciousness in your soul. You begin to imagine the symptoms. Anything that happens, you say, ah, I hope it is not... And you don't know that is the way it is growing in your soul. Your soul is harboring that energy you have received. That fear has become a seed that will generate that thing. Job said, What I feared most has befallen me. Before he had that temptation, the devil had been poking his mind, trying to have access to his soul. At a point, he became a seed of fear in his heart all the time. Oh God, please forgive my children. He was making sacrifice. This is, a, this is what they call advanced spiritual um, warfare. What we are learning here is advanced spiritual warfare. Every warfare starts in your mind. Whichever have the ascendance in your mind will definitely show up in your life. Anything you don't want to see in your life, don't allow it to be processed in your mind. A madman whose mind has been knocked off, he will eat all the rubbish in your, in your dustbin and he is strong, he's not sick. But you, just that the, 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 the order of your dustbin pass your nose, you become sick from that place. Because your mind has been trained that once you perceive this order, sorry for you, your lungs will have issues. And then before you know it, you start coughing. From coughing, you say, I'm going for tests. And if you go to test, they say you have bronchitis. Then from there, you say, hi, is that thing I, that thing I expose myself to? But a madman is exposing himself to all those things, and nothing's happening. Why? Because his mind is no longer in sync with all the normal things that we are all capturing. Your mind is so powerful. So powerful. So powerful. As a man thinks, so he is. No, so he's going to be. As they are taking it, you are becoming it immediately. 
The thinking is the processing that manifests it. Very fast. So if you don't build your mind, if you don't cleanse your mind by the power that can only cleanse the mind, which is the word of God, then you'll be a victim. No matter how you pray, depression will come one day and take hold of you because your mind is exposed. Sadness will come. Discouragement will come. Scientifically, it has been proven and the campaign going on right now that the middle cause of cancer that is everywhere is not just the food we eat, but bottled up bitterness and aggression and pain. Bottled up. Unresolved crisis in relationships. And men who have been pain caused by circumstances that they don't know about. Some is anger against their parents. Some parents against their children. Because of one thing or the other. Some are not just happy with life generally. And the whole thing is crystallized in their soul. And they keep brooding it. And it's growing and growing on to become a monster. Once it's a monster, it's not transcendent. You know, it's, it's an expression in one chamber of your system. And they reprogram the body. The body that is your own will start fighting you. They say it's cancer. And they go for chemotherapy. They are trying to you know, stop that spread of what they call renegade cells. Cells that become rebellious. But the rebellion started with your mind. Built up in your soul. So one of the ways now they encourage people to avoid cancer is not just to avoid the food, the food that will trigger that, but live a happy life. A life that is free from pain and all this you know, depression. Be excited. The Bible says rejoice. Rejoice. I say rejoice always. Rejoice always. Let nothing perturb you. Say so thank you, Jesus. Jesus has given us a beautiful life. If we can live by his word, life is so beautiful. But we want to do it our own way. Many a times. I want to live a life pleasing to men and not pleasing to God. Jeremiah said, oh Lord, your word I found. And it became the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. Can you see? Jeremiah chapter 15 verse 16. Oh Lord, your word I found and I devoured them and it became the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. I love Jeremiah. He was one who said, your word burns inside my bones. Your word is like a fire in my bones and a heat in my heart. The guy has so much accumulated the word that the cleansing has taken place to a point that he feels a tangible heat of the word of God in his bones. His heart is ever warm. His heart is ever excited. And you see, it became the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. Your word, I found them. That means he was a dedicated person. He goes through scriptures. He reads them. And then he captures the word of God. He meditates on it. And then the things start shaping his spirit, shaping his character, shaping the things he was doing. There's nothing Jeremiah was doing that was not navigated by the word of God in his heart. 
So it became a passion burning in him. You are the only one who can help yourself in that dimension. Nobody can do it for you. If you're lazy about it, then. Yes. So that's why you must engage your Christian discipline. You must discipline yourself. That is where you begin your first fight of faith. Access into that word God has sent to you. The God of this world is there blind the minds of unbelievers lest they see the light of the glorious gospel and be saved. He will blind you. He will keep you daft. He will keep you extricated from having access to this classified information that has capacity to build you up and grant to you inheritance with the saints. You must condemn yourself to biblical spirituality, people of God. Your Bible should feed the warmth of your hand every day. Stay there, stay with it until you catch the meaning of what is being communicated. Not really so many. Take a portion, read it, read it again. God, what are you saying here? What did you communicate here? I need to understand something. Is a spirit. Continue on it, brood on it, brood on it, keep brood on it. If you like, keep memorizing it. Keep saying what he said. As you are brooding on it, your spirit man will have contact with the spirit behind the letters. You see, the words I've spoken to you, there are spirits. So behind what you are reading, there are spirits waiting. And as I so trust those spirits, they have the capacity to begin to dislodge the businesses that were there before now that have shaped your life and shaped your character and you know in the spirit your character has great repercussion if you have a quiet character certain dimensions of the spirit of god cannot manifest for you or it is changed What was a sin of Paul uh, of Saul? What was he saying? Pride is a character. It denied him of his throne. God said, "Leave this one. I have left him." But look at David. He committed a sin of adultery. But God forgave him fast, fast, fast. Why did God not forgive Saul? David's case was out of human weakness. Saul's own is a spiritual character. He, he knows it. He prides in it. He grows in it. When you have character issues, it's terrible. Even among men. If you have a very bad character and you're in a government establishment and they know you with this type of character, sorry. They say, leave this one. We know him more. He can't change. And those characters are said as a result of the manipulations in the spirit. Each time you have a very negative, notorious character, it means you are a slave to a spirit. It means that spirit has taken hold of you and is using you to advertise himself. 
Because sometimes you don't even know, unconsciously, you are manifesting those things. This is a very proud man. This guy is a very proud man. And you see yourself manifesting. Say, hey, you think you are living your life. People will come before you and they will hail you, you know, praise you. But at the back, they say, this one. Very proud man. Eh? So full of himself. Amen. Amen. Deal with characters that you know that manifest in your life. Subject yourself to the world. Go to the world and say, Lord, I'm coming to you, Lord. I can't change myself. Can you look at change yourself? No. Change me, Lord. Because it's a spiritual business and only spirits can help you. Only spirits can help you. To whom is my soul drawn to? The man of meek. The man of humble and meek character. Who trembles at my words. I think Isaiah 66. The man of humble and meek. Isaiah chapter 66, verse 2. Thank you, Jesus. Are you blessed? Amen. He said, for all those things had my hand made, and all those things have been, said the Lord. But to this man will I look, even to him who is poor, of a contrite spirit, and trembles at my word. Let me take another translation. Thank you, Jesus. He says, this is the one I will esteem. He who is humble and contrite in spirit, who trembles at my word. This is the one God said he will esteem. The one who is humble. You know, humility is a, is a character of the spirit. And it's of God. It's the energy of God. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Humility is an outward manifestation of a reality in your soul called meekness. Don't joke with this word. It's very powerful. It's one of the highest energies of God's deposit in the soul. Jesus said, learn from me. From what? For I'm meek and humble of heart. So meekness is the character of your spirit. It's now manifested in form of what? Humility. Christ said, you have to learn it. And one of the highest ways you show humility is not by <laughs> saying quiet like this. Don't make noise. Come to church. You are cool. They push you. you just say, leave me alone. Uh -uh, that's not humility. <laughs> Some people can be like that, but very dangerous. Who trembles at my word? That means my word has capacity to hit your spirit and be able to carry out business of the ministry of the word and bring out of you what God wants. So the more you yield yourself to the demand of the word of God, the more you are broken by the word, the more you are becoming meek. These are things that are lacking in the church. These are things you don't see in church. And that's why when the enemy comes with his suit and tie, he can pick up his soul and go freely because the spiritual structures that should keep men preserved and you know, empowered in the spirit are not there. And when it happens to people that we know very well in church, say, hey, God, where was God? God, how can you allow this to happen to this man or this woman? We know this man. He has been serving God. How are you sure? This man, eh, when you see him in church, you know that he served God well. Thank you for your judgment. But the ingredients of the glorious church is this person having it. That should be, that should be the first question. Because the glorious church is a church that has been cleansed by the word of God. A church that has been purged of all these energies. A church that has been yielded to the demand of God's word. And child of God, it is possible for you to yield yourself is a matter of opening yourself up to that reality. Make it a devotion. Make it a devotion. Very important. And as this year, as we are clocking on this year, you know you are supposed to have a plan with the Lord this year. What you intend to achieve this year. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The Lord has given us this year as a year of what? Divine illumination. That means we know clearly where we're heading to because His light will shine on it. I put it in silence, eh? Uh -huh. Amen. So he will be guiding us. So we are sure that light will be coming. That means instruction will be coming. Through his word, he will open up vistas for us. We shall see clearly. No more confusions. And each time his word comes and breaks light, he will give us what? It means we will be engaged in the ministry of cleansing. So anything on our way, he will help us to dislodge it and give us what it takes to achieve that which he wants us to achieve. Shall we be amen? Amen. So it means that we will be achieving things not by our own power, but by the power of His Spirit. 
He said it's not by power nor by might, but by his spirit. So get prepared this year. There are things you were not able to achieve all these years with your human power. You've been struggling and be working so hard, and things are not working out this year. Hand over to the spirit and say, Spirit, please take over. I want this year to achieve this year. They will tell you, okay, come on my back. Carry me. You will carry him like a donkey and you submit yourself to him, then he will lead you to where you could not go to. He will make you achieve the things you need to achieve before. Shout to the big amen. You know the donkey that took Jesus to Jerusalem. Never knew he would enjoy the luxury of men putting their clothes on the road for him. And he was just enjoying the thing. Eh? Somebody was giving a story. They said after that Sunday, the next Sunday, eh, he went back to that same spot. I was walking like this. <laughs> and I expected men to, <laughs> to put this. And nobody was, you know, doing that. And he was asking, you guys should bring something here. They will use stick and they, they hit it. You know? He didn't know that that thing came because there was somebody that is of glory that was mounted on him. When the word of God mounts on your spirit, The supernatural is provoked over your life. And the Bible says the blessings of God make it rich and has no sorrow. The difference between your blessing and the blessing of others is that you have the same thing. But you all will come with no sorrow. The things that afflict them will not afflict you. The things that trouble them will not trouble you. You will go to bed and sleep will come at once, as the Bible says. But they will go to bed with pills and still they will not sleep. The demarcation has been clearly given. It's left for you and I to engage it. It must be engaged consciously. If you engage it consciously, it will not come to pass. You have to work it out. Every day, every day, every day, every day. And each time you do something, there's a progress in the spirit. Each time you do something, there's a progress in the spirit. You will not see the effect in the but continue. When the sky is full of rain, what will happen? To empty itself. But as long as it's not yet full, continue. That's the principle of the spirit. There's nothing you do spiritually that is a waste. It's a matter of what? Time. Don't ever be like the public world who want to see the fast you know, change. I must see it. We don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. Anything you invest in the spirit is there waiting for you. Be convinced about the actions you put up with. Be convinced about the, 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 the things you do for the sake of God. Be convinced about it and be consistent. The devil hates men who are consistent. He hates women who are consistent with the things of God. Because the more consistent you are, the more you generate more energy in the spirit. Consistency is a dimension of the keys of the kingdom. Learn to be consistent. Be doing the same thing. Whether you're getting results or not, continue. Continue. You don't know that you may even end up Gaining rank in the spirit, why you're not even seeing the, re the result of what I'm praying about, about, but spiritually you have gained a rank by the quality of your consistency. At the end of it all, those things will manifest plus what? The ranking God has given to you. 
Are we blessed? This is the one I will esteem. I will hold high. God is speaking. He who is humble and contrary in spirit, who trembles at my word, who allows himself or herself to be cleansed by the means of the word. And each word that comes to you and communicates the wisdom of God, the knowledge of God, the understanding that is different from human understanding and has capacity to begin to influence the choice you make. It cancels you. Instead of you going right, you now remember because of what you have read and the impact it has made on your soul, you now take left. That's cancer. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. On account of the basis of this reality, a character is formed. That means that the spirit behind that word that impacted you has found association or partnership with your spirit. I don't think you recall this last one I said. Hmm? Hello. Hi. Are we here? Yes. Let me take it again. For instance, okay, let's continue with the same story of David, right? You read it again and again and again and again. You allowed the story, you know, you went through it yourself and even while you were reading it, you now discovered other things that happened. Like myself, a few times in the past, when I read it myself again on my own, I went to that passage of scriptures over. Then it dawned on me that I never knew that Goliath had six toes. <laughs> I love that. How many of you are aware that he has six toes? Huh? With six toes, not five. So it helps me to understand that this one we're dealing with is not a normal human being. Then that day too, I discovered that it was not just, just that Goliath came and stood. That even Goliath too came with charms and he was cursing David on the, on the ground there. He cursed him first. So that means he attacked David spiritually first before he even threw the javelin or whatever he had towards him. I discovered that also. You see, by that, I was gaining in knowledge and understanding, right? David himself didn't come to him physically. He said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Who is insulting the army of God? Dear child of God, what I learned first is that every battle of life challenge you physically, he has already done that in the spirit. Whether you are aware of it or not. Every challenge that knocks at the door of your life must have first knocked at the door of your spirit. They have confronted you first in your spirit before you see them physically come. If you understand this, you will go far. But many times, they have the ability to twist your mind and make you feel it's all about what is happening physically here. When they have engaged you in the spirit. People of the world know this very well. In everything they do, they will go first 
and conduct things in the spirit. Everything. Any serious business, they go there and conjoin first. Why Christians will be busy speaking big grammar and then walking around and saying, our Lord is good all the time, all the time the Lord is good. In every sphere of life, the poor of the world will first go in the spirit. Anything that is challenging, anything that has heavy impact, they go first in the spirit. You will see them the next day on suit and tie, looking clean and porch. But tell me, child of God, I'm telling you, they have done some business in the spirit. Don't joke with that. And they are very clandestine. There are people that if they mention their name and tell you what they have done in the spirit and you know them, you will swear that never. I can't imagine this person being like this. And that's why you see when Christians have come back with the of the world over maybe offices, over, you know, maybe contracts and business things, you will see Christians losing big time. Because they only pray the day before. I say, oh Lord, you know, this thing, I'm just asking. In the name of Jesus, I claim. You are busy claiming. They are busy engaging energies in the spirit. And they know how to invoke it. And they will even promise those spirits. Make sacrifices. Because the only language spirits understand is sacrifice. They make heavy sacrifices. Praise the Lord. May you gain wisdom. Hmm? May you gain wisdom. In Jesus' name. David knew that. He has gained that wisdom. That's why he came first. He assessed the guy in the spirit. This guy got a covenant. We are covenant people. And covenant has to do with circumcision. Blood is involved. And God has told them, anybody who comes against you and is outside the covenant, David himself will be the one to fight the battle. That was the bedrock of, the, of that covenant. Goya too knew that confronting these people is not a day thing. It means I must come with my own spiritual energy. And he had prepared himself that when this guy shows up, I must attack him first spiritually. And David knew. The Bible says we are not ignorant of the devices of the enemy. Why David was busy cursing David, why Goliath was busy cursing David, David was busy chanting Zion songs. He was also chanting his own incantation in the spirit. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Even though I pass through the valleys of the shadows of death, I fear no evil. Some commentators say it was on that ground that David was chanting this song. For the Lord is with me. With this, he will, with the staff and crook, he will comfort me. It was that ground. Now you can see that with this meditation, we are now with him in that same scene now. As you are reflecting on this, you see, it has flooded your imagination with diverse pictures on how God can be committed with his people who are on his side. Amen. Amen. It gives you understanding too on how your enemy 
is prepared and come to come back with you. So you're not devoid of what he's doing. Why are many Christians afraid? Because they don't understand the level of the enemy. The Bible says, Goliath, that's the thought in the land, when I was now meditating on this. Goliath now ran towards David, charged. The Bible says, he charged towards David with all his all his regalia, whatever, war armaments. And David did not step backward. They say, ah, are you coming? I'm not ready yet. They say, David to charge towards him. For many times, now own battle, when they charge towards us, they charge towards you in your dream. They charge towards you, creating circumstances that will hurt you. The first thing that grips you is fear. But when fear enters, sorry, your soul has tested death. That means the government that is coming against you will take you. Because they have, they have control in the spirit already. Definitely they will rule your physical. May you get on understanding in the name of Jesus Christ. Yeah. It was when Goliath charged toward David that he began to make incantations. He starts, you know, engaging the weapons of sorcery and enchantment to paralyze him mentally, shock the energy that is behind this boy. And David said, You come against me with javelins, with your sword, but I come against you in the name of the Lord God of hosts of armies of Israel. Today he began to prophesy, I will cut off your head. He had no knife. That day, at the point, my body was shaking. I stood over my Bible. I said, something is happening here. I come against you in the name of the Lord God of hosts, of armies of Israel. Today, I will cut off your head. I said, David, hey, take it easy. Where's your knife? You see, it has overwhelmed my imagination. So the places that fear we had in my imagination is now flooded with understanding. I was watching to see how this game will end. And then the Bible says, David began to, you know, pick his uh, stones. I said, oh God, David, you are coming against this man who has a cover, a shield with five stones. What will five stones do to this man? And David said, don't worry. If God be for us, who can be against us? He wind the stuff. Why in the stuff? Why in the stuff? Why in the stuff? He released it. God took over. You may say your fasting does not make any sense. It's because you think it is your fasting that is at work. Allow God to take over. You may say my prayer is not powerful. Your prayer doesn't need to be powerful. What should be powerful is, is your God with you. The stone left and the Holy Ghost knows the best place. It was called word gear. From head to toe, but there was a space on his forehead where air enters, where he can breathe. That was the place the stone went in and blew up his head. I was watching this, and Goliath was screaming, was charging. What are they charging to death? His men thought that they missed the stone, missed, 
and Goliath was now charging to go and finish up this little rat, this brat that is just in front of him. They didn't know the man was going. He charged the first one, charged the second one, charged the third one. The mighty Goliath fell. There was plenty of dust because it was a desert environment. I was there. And when he fell, he so, he so stirred up dust that David did not wait for the dust to settle. He stepped in and took the sword and cut off his head and jacked the head and lifted it up. Blood was gushing. The dust was dropping. They saw small boy with the head of the man. Then the fearful soldiers of Israel with Saul and the rest of them who were frightful for three days saw that David had caught the head of Goliath. They now summoned courage and the Philistines took to their heads. Shout a big amen. When I experienced this and it caught my imagination and the energy in that scenario entered my heart from that day, I knew that that same spirit that orchestrated that, my soul has tested it. David did not have prayer warriors praying with him. David did not have those who were interceding for him. David did not say, let me go back home and go and do fasting and prayer. David believed in a God that is ever with him. Only him. Face the battle. That way you don't know who you are. If you understand who you are, all these things. It wasn't all David who said, oh Lord, I prefer your word more than my food. The guy has been built up. The man has yielded himself to the government of the world. He has been cleansed of fear. He has been cleansed of doubt. And now boldness, faith, courage came into the heart of a small boy that challenged the giant of that caliber. The glorious church is a church of boldness. It's a church full of faith. A church that believes in God so much. It's a church that does not depend on intercessors. If everybody is a bunch of intercessors, he says he will raise one man, but that one man will be like a hundred. Petty things will be patching on your life and harassing you and you'll be domestically attending to them with all kinds of queer spirituality. We are trusting God though. Always looking cool. God is saying, you're not hot. You're not cold. I will vomit you out of my mouth. When his word builds you, you will not be cold. You will be an elderly person. But so filled with courage and faith. You will talk with, uh, with such an aggression from your spirit. The Bible says that even in their old age, they will still be full of sap, still green. I love David, eh? I love David. He has so much inspired me. <laughs> Amen. Amen. He has put an energy into my life. I refuse to be pitied. I refuse to be in the pit. I refuse to be discouraged. Hallelujah. Amen. God is with us. God has raised us militants. We are militants of faith. We are militants of righteousness. We are militants of peace. When we come to a territory, we shut it down with the energy we have trapped from the world. Any energy of soul has tested. 
When he stopped in the place, the spirits around they know. They say this one. Do you know that type of spirit that entered that man? The devil, they knows all the saints. They know those who have manifested the power of God. When they say this one has a lineage of David, they know. That means if you confront this person, what happened to those demons in the time of David will happen to you. Oh, you don't believe that? The Bible says, John the Bible had the word, the spirit of who? Elijah. Yes. It is told with John the Baptist. The way you grow in the world, and the anointing of Elijah will come and sit on you. It's all about growth. Are you growing? Are you allowing the world to dominate you? Say, I refuse to fail. I refuse to Say, I refuse to be afraid. In the name of Jesus Christ, my soul is cleansed. Can you say more aggressive? Say, my soul is cleansed. I have the energy of God in me. I have divine abilities. So I have divine abilities. So I refuse to be limited. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not lack. In the name of Jesus. I'm on fire with the word of God. My passion is the word. Tell the devil I'm being cleansed by the word. I've been cleansed by the word. In the name of Jesus, I'm always victorious. I'm always powerful. I'm led by the Spirit. The Spirit of liberty that proceeds from the Father and the Son is dwelled in me. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. <laughs> you see that what, what was your shared now? Was there wisdom there? Hmm? Was there knowledge? Was there understanding? After that, I was led by the spiritual counsel to say, now, you see, what happened to David can happen to you. If he can take his own stand too. That's cancer. From that moment, it's not affecting the choice I make. When circumstances confront me, I remember that David stood in a place in that battle. Myself too, I go and I stand in that same place. And if, as he stood there, he was able to create the victory, generate the victory of that time, myself too, I will create and generate the same victory. Sometime in this battle, you'll be alone. You'll be alone. You'll be alone. And with that, the character has been formed inside. Boldness. Boldness. Strength of the spirit. So the soulish business of unbelief, of fear, of intimidation, of ignorance have been flushed out. Hallelujah. Amen. I refuse to walk in unbelief. I refuse to walk in unbelief. I refuse to be ignorant. I refuse to be ignorant. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I have the spirit of faith. I have the spirit of faith. I have the substance in me. I have the substance in me. Is in my soul. Is in my soul. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I can do all things. I can do all things. Through Christ. Through Christ. 
That is in me. The Bible says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. So the cleansing ministry is a very important business. Take it very serious. As we begin this year, and as the Lord will be showing us his paths, this can only be achievable on the platform of his constant ministry of cleansing us. If we expose ourselves into him every day, have a Bible. If your Bible is too big to pick the office, get a small one. After some time, just read the Bible and do like this. Just read the part and just that part you read, just repeat it, repeat it, repeat it, repeat it. Repeat it. Close your Bible and start chanting it. That is the real meditation. Have you seen the Jews who are praying at the wailing wall? You see them, they are shaking like this. Eh? If you go to that wailing wall, for those who have traveled, you will see plenty of papers wrapped inside the wall. Have you seen it before? Good. These are things they have, the past of scripture they have memorized. They will write it and then chant it, chant it, chant it, chant it, chant it. Then all of a sudden, when the thing has moved from letter to the spirit, they start chanting it and close their eyes and look for a place and then put the wall. That means this one has taken flesh. <laughs> you see? And then they will leave that place with that word in their soul, chanting it. They keep chanting it. That's why memorizing scripture is a, is a natural thing for them. You can see a man who come and chant the whole of the book of Moses. All of it is in his heart. Mary knew the 150 Psalms of her heart. Jesus knew the 150 Psalms of her heart. All of them were still battling with one. So how much can we be cleansed with not just having only one psalm in your head? When some who have 150, you want to experience the same glory with people who have memorized 150 psalms. How much of his word do you know? Because what dominates your mind is what will shape your character and it will produce the kind of words that comes out of you. Check anybody that speaks. Check any word as you are now. The product of your words that come out are produced by your character. Yes. Matthew chapter 12. Let's use that and conclude and then have some prayers. Are you blessed? Yes. Say thank you, Jesus. My character is changing. In the name of Jesus. I walk in meekness. I walk in meekness. I walk in humility. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Matthew chapter 12. Verse 33. Are we there? He says, verse 33 says, of that Matthew chapter 12, it says, Either make a tree good and its fruits good, or make a tree bad and its fruit bad. Who is talking here? Jesus. Hello, 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 hello. Are we together here? Who is talking here? Jesus. Are you sure? Yes. Are you sure? Yes. Good. Now he's painting a picture of a reality of the spirit. He said, Make a tree good. And his fruits will be good, or make a tree bad, and his fruits will be bad. For the tree is known by his fruit. Verse 34. You brood of vipers, how can you speak good when you are evil? You see, 
Now he said, make a tree good and it will be good. Make a tree bad and its fruit will be bad. He now goes to another level to translate this mystery into reality. He said, you brood of vipers, meaning you sons of snakes. He was talking to the Jews. How can you speak good? That means they were not speaking good. How can you speak good when you are evil? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So you see that when you allow yourself for the enemy to make, do business in your soul, to bring in bitterness, envy, bring all these you know, realities into your soul, then what has happened? You have made a tree bad. And what will come out of that tree is going to be what? Evil. That means you are not born an evil person. Oh, people of God. Hello, 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 hello. You see, eh? because this pertains to warfare, the enemy will not allow you to understand this now. <laughs> because I'm teaching you the technicalities in spiritual warfare that goes on your mind. And the enemy will do everything to make sure you don't catch this. Make a tree good and the fruits will be good. What tree are we talking about? Your soul. Are you getting understanding now? Yeah. Your soul is a tree. So make it good and it will produce what? Good fruits. Make it bad, it can produce what? Bad fruits. That means if you want to be good, it's left for you. If you want to be bad, it's left for you. It continues and says, you brood of vipers, how can you speak good when you are evil? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what dominates your heart, your soul, is what you will voice out. You will manifest. And every character who is manifested in words, true or false? Oh, Jesus, have mercy on us. We're not together at all. We are not together here at all. Let's just say, Hail Mary and go. Hmm? <laughs> say, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Wave your hand out to Jesus. Say, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Say, I gain wisdom. I gain understanding. I receive knowledge. I'm under the government of counsel. In Jesus' name. The Bible says the Lord orders the steps of the saints. That's how he does it. Okay, let's continue. Verse 35. So now you understand out for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So it is the business that is dominance in your heart that will generate what you say and generate the choices you make in life. Make it pretty good. It shall be good. God is in the business of making our tree good all the time. By sending us his word. And if his word does not take flesh, we cannot pronounce good. Likewise, so the devil so is interested in that same business. And that's why he has created circumstances and situations that is flooding your mind with all kinds of negative things. Child of God, stop doing the business with the devil. He is not a good personality. Okay, verse 35. The good person out of his good treasure. What are the good treasures in your heart? The word of God that are taking flesh in you. 
They are called treasures. Amen. Amen. Hello, 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 hello. You think it's only dollar that is a treasure? You think it's all those gold chains? Eh? All those priceless uh, jewelries that are a treasure. This is a greater treasure here. Any word of God that you trap, you're so trapped, becomes a treasure of high value in the spirit. It's a, high, it's a heavy currency. The good person out of his good treasure brings forth good. And the evil person out of his evil treasure. So both the good and the bad have their word treasures. Now the problem now is which one are you measuring more now? Are you measuring the treasure of good? Or are you measuring the treasure of evil? By this enlightenment, every treasure of evil is disputed in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Any treasure of evil that is in your soul and is creating fear, generating sickness that you have been convinced beyond measure that cannot leave you. All forms of treasure that limits you, that makes you see yourself as always the last person. God is nullifying them in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. You will never suffer the things you suffered in the past. Amen. Because the treasure of his good is getting ascendance in your soul in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. And that's why this year the Lord will be flooding us with more of his word. And as the more of his word is coming, his good treasure will outwit the evil treasures. Amen. And the scale will go up. And every evil will be vanquished in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So I walk in the light of the good treasure. And I walk in the light of the good treasure. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So I have a good treasure. It's in my soul. It's the wisdom of God. It's the knowledge of God's word. It's understanding of scriptures. And the leading of the Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus. No more confusions. In the name of Jesus, no more fear. In the name of Jesus, I walk in victory. In the name of Jesus, I have a high density. Amen. <laughs> what makes you good is not the good things you do, but the word of God that has seated in your soul. The Almighty has done great things in me. Holy is his name. Hmm. From that treasury house, Mary began to what? Governize things in the spirit. He pulls down the mighty from the thrones and lifts up the lonely. He feeds the servant with good things, sends the rich away empty. He protects Israel's servant, remembering his mercy. The mercy he promised our fathers to Abraham and his sons forever. She was not speaking from heaven, she was speaking from the what? The treasury house of her soul. You have a treasure. Paul said we carry this treasure in earthen vessel. That the excellency may not be of us, but of God. Hmm. In those days, when we're growing in this dimension, if you tell me, ah, Vin, how are you? I say, I'm internally loaded. I'm externally guarded. <laughs> I was developing that consciousness. So at any, any, any time, any nonsense comes to my heart, any whisper that I sense that the of God, I expunge it immediately. I say, no hatred, no anger, 
I shut you down. Because the devil is trying to make a business with my soul and deposit stupid things. I have a right to preserve the chambers of my soul. Refuse to be ruled by such spirits. They will not market themselves through your character. It's possible. Change your system. Install the installations. Do not born with such characters. Flush them out. Prayerfully go to God and say, Lord, change these treasures. I need the treasures of your word. Each time the word comes, it depletes the energy of the treasures of evil. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's finish up. He now says, in verse what now? Let's say chapter 5 again. The good person out of his good treasure brings forth good. Hey. Good things, good job, good money, good favor, everything good, 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 good. Hmm? And the evil person out of his evil treasure brings forth evil. He said, I tell you, on the day of judgment, hello, I need to explain this. When you look at the word day here, it means perema. Perema means the ambience of a day. The ambience of 24 hours. If you read it the way it is here, it will be like the day of judgment when we die, right? But what it's trying to say here is that at every 24 hours, there are moments of judgment. Yes, each day you pass through cushions of judgment. It now says, let's continue now, it says, I tell you, on the day of judgment, People will give account of every careless word they speak. That means, in an for to explain. Are you catching something here? Yes. Because when you learn this, you don't talk anyhow again. And I can't explain myself. No! You cannot express yourself foolishly, carelessly. It has consequences. If you believe in this reality, you, there are things you cannot say again. No matter what, how the people will coerce you, you won't say such things. It's no longer a vocabulary you must give life to. Let's continue. He says, On the day of judgment, within the hours, people will give account of every careless word they speak. For by your words will you be justified. And then, by your words will you be condemned. The consequence of the things you see within your life, check your words. Have they been better from what? From good treasure or bad treasure? Why is devil investing in your heart to make you keep to keep saying things? I don't know, understand myself. Oh. Yeah, you don't understand yourself. You pass the message into your spirit. Your spirit will start scattering everything because there's confusion. Instead of you getting the right direction, you won't get the right direction because you have used your own words to pass a sentence upon yourself. The discipline of the world cleansing you is that you shift your tongue. Are you aware that on the day of judgment, where God will start judging you is from your tongue? What your tongue has confessed? By your words, you'll be justified. So what have you said throughout the course of the day? Vet it. So every day there's a judgment in the spirit 
that vets the words of men. <laughs> Jesus said, it was Paul who said this. It was Jesus who said it. And you can see the, the, the development of expression. Good tree, bad tree. From the bottom man of the hand, the man speaks. Then he now comes and says, You'll be judged by every careless word you say. For what you shall say shall be used either judge you, mean condemn you, or acquit you. Child of God, that means that you have to learn to be careful what you say. What you will say can bring you justice. What you say can bring you condemnation. Even when these do anything, the devil knows this mystery. That is why he will just say, let you go. Go to church, but he will control your heart. And keep making you speak what? Things are rooted in bad treasures or evil treasures. I refuse to say I'm a failure. I refuse to say I'm a failure. <laughs> so it's keep saying things that when judgment is called upon in the spirit, they will wear the things you have said. And he said, let it be according to your words. The one who see myself is like, I'm dying, Eh, okay. It's a casual language, right? It has dominated the society. It has become a culture of death. But Father, can't we express ourselves again? Continue. Look at what the master said. Is Jesus who said it, though? Does he mean, if I'm feeling pain, I should not say it? Not new. The Bible says, when is a casting down. We don't join it to say there's a casting down. We say what? There's a lifting up. Speak according to the treasures in your heart. That's why you have to feed your heart with the word of God. So the words that come from your mouth will liberate you. Every word you say is a spirit. Whether good, good word or bad words. When Jesus said the words are spoken to you, they are spirit. It's not to tell you too that every word you say is not a wasted word. It hangs in the atmosphere. It's hovering around you. Every word you say is a spirit. It's an expression of a character in your heart. Oh, Jesus, thank you. Are you going to understand me? <laughs> Any word you say was inspired, two of us, from what? The treasures in your soul. Whether evil treasure or good treasure. So these are some of the details of the Christian militancy that Christians don't know. They go out and they say all kinds of salacious words, say all kinds of things, and they enter prayer and say, Oh God, you are the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And the devil will say, Look at you, go ahead, you'll be smoking and having a good time. Good time. He will not even accuse you again because you know that your words, he makes you say words that judge you. And he said, It doesn't matter. I've learned to purify my words. Sometimes the examination of conscience is what do you say throughout the day? That's why when you understand this very well, then you have to also be careful what you say about people. They'll be using it for gossip, to malign people's image. You'll be saying all kinds of things. It will be used against you on the day of Herena. Every 24 hours, there's a judgment in the spirit. Let what he has said dominate his life. Amen. Amen. Every 24 hours is a time of the spirit that every child will be galvanized and weighed in the spirit. 
and then a sentence is passed based on what you've said. So you live every day in the atmosphere of what you've said. Is there a serious matter? They said, they said, who said it? Be very careful. You can charge up your spiritual life by understanding this single mystery. Jesus unto his known men to know the mysteries of the kingdom. Meet these bad guys who are into occult. They don't talk anyhow. You can engage them in discussion. Are you aware? Because they are cautious what they say. Their words are, are numbered. But our own. Always pouring out. Your mouth is not meant for meat and Coca-Cola. It's meant to voice our spirits. I've asked you before. Does God speak? Does he have a mouth? Does he eat food? Good. This year. By illumination, begin to discipline your voice Amen. and your tongue. Amen. That's why you need to sit down and find out what you want to see this year. These are the things you should be saying. You have to chart the course of your day. The Bible talks about taking command of the day by speaking words that the day has to deliver to you because every 24 hours is a judgment. Account of words are given. In the name of Jesus, I refuse to be sick. I'm feeling feverish. I'm feeling all the symptoms. I refuse to say it. I know a spirit is compressing me to accept that something is wrong and I need to yield to it. I'll be fighting it. I say in the name of Je I know it's a spirit. It's not a, it's not a gem. That gem is being powered by an energy called evil treasure. We are saying thank you, Jesus. Thank you, my Lord. We are saying thank you, Jesus. Thank you, my Lord, for your favor and your blessings. Thank you, my Lord. We are saying thank you, Jesus. Thank you. The word of God has come to us mightily, and you are blessed. This is a moment of acknowledgement to tell the Lord thank you for this investment of mystery you brought into me, oh God. So I appreciate Him for the wisdom for the knowledge, for the understanding, for his hand that came upon you today. Oh, what a precious word. The windows of heaven were open. The doors of heaven were open. Grace was poured out on us today. God is navigating the affairs of our lives. The Bible says he's not given to man to order his steps. The Bible says the Lord orders the steps of his saint. His light has come. Darkness has given way. Understanding has come. The wisdom of this world has been vanquished. The understanding and the wisdom of this world have been deleted. God is taking hold of us, worshiping. We are saying thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you, my Lord. We are saying thank you, Jesus. Thank you, my Lord, for your favor. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, my Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Acknowledge him and thank him. Thank you. My Lord, for your word which has come to us. Thank you, my Lord. We are saying thank you, Jesus. Thank you, my Lord. Thank you for your word, O Lord. I appreciate him. Thank you for the enlightenment. Thank you because his hand truly came to you today. As a good shepherd, he has come to show you the way. The way to victory. The way to divine health. The way to peace of mind. The way of deliverance. The way to salvation and deliverance. His word has come. The Bible says the entrance of his word brings light. Light has come our way. We trap this energy of God's illumination in our souls. In the name of Jesus. Let every other energy, let every other deception, words of limitation, frustration, all forms of doubt, fear, and all forms of negativities that have found its way into our soul, lose their grips from now henceforth. Every form of negativity that formed our character, that is affecting the way we make the choices we make every day and the decisions we make. Precious Father, by your word, order our steps. By ordering our hearts, order our hearts by the incleansing word of your spirit. Cleanse our hearts of everything, of every seed that is not of you. In the name of Jesus, we honor you. We glorify you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. You have raised us to be children that bears the good treasure, the good treasure of your word, the good treasure of your glory, the good treasure of the words of the Spirit. You have filled us with good treasures today. May we begin to speak forth words that are better in the womb of the good treasure. The Almighty has done great things in us. Holy is his name. Holy is your name, O God. Thank you for your faithfulness. On account of the good treasure of your word, that have flooded the chambers of our souls today. Precious Father, we pray at this hour, let the good treasures dominate the bad treasures. Whatever cloud of darkness that been formed in our soul, may they be depleted. May they lose their grips by the Holy Spirit of God, by the power of the Holy Spirit of God. Precious Father, King of glory, may you reduce our spirit. May you reprogram our spirit again as your word has cleansed us of every defilement, of every energy, of every bitterness, of every negativity, whatever business the enemy has done in our souls that configures the things we do, that limits us from manifesting glory. By virtue of the word of today, we are cleansed in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Anything that has attached itself in our soul, in our mind, that raises his ugly head every now and then in our quiet time, it will come in form of a thought and begin to suggest things that create fear, 
a voice starts speaking, you will die. A voice starts speaking, supposing, supposing, supposing. A thought without telling us, suggesting things that brings all forms of intimidation. Precious Father, we silence those voices today. Even as your word takes hold of our souls. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. You have cleansed our souls. You have washed our souls. You have washed us of every bad habit. You have washed us of every bad character. Precious Father, may our heart be filled with the treasures of your good word. And may we begin to speak for treasures. In our words, may this spirit shape the words we say every day. Knowing that every day delivers to us the words that were predominant. May we learn to begin to speak forth words of truth. Good seed that will produce good result. You've told us that when the sky is full of rain, it will empty itself of the words we have spoken. Precious Father, in the name of Jesus, from now henceforth, we shall walk in the light of this understanding and we shall have a harvest of good treasures that will befall us in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. I pray for your sons and daughters who are here, Lord, who have come with burdens in their heart, beset by the enemy, at different capacities. They are suffering in their spirit, in their soul, in their body. Their career, their families are having all kinds of issues, worries of different types, struggles of different types that have root in the seed of Satan. I stand at this hour by the power of the Holy Spirit, by the anointing of the Holy Ghost, that those realities will lose their power over anyone who is under the sound of my voice in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Jesus sets you free. Amen. By the power of his word, he cleanses your soul. Amen. Every sickness in your mind, every sickness in your body, he is set free in the name of Jesus. Amen. For by his wounds, he has made you whole. By his wounds, he has made you whole. Amen. I rebuke every spirit of infirmity. I rebuke every spirit of penury. I rebuke every spirit of confusion. I rebuke every spirit of the world that controls the minds of people, that makes them produce limitations and frustrations in life. Lose your grips over the lives of God's people in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. The hand of your good shepherd is upon you. He blesses you today. He empowers you today. Amen. May the reality of his spirit flood your soul and your body in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. May you be clothed in the flame of divine fire. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Whatever spirit has attached itself to you and has followed you all these years, consistently producing a character that is inimical to your life of joy and happiness, from today, that transaction with that spirit comes to an end in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I release an anointing that breaks every yoke, every form of covenant, and every form of initiation that the enemy has engaged you through the way you have lived your life in the past. From today, may you be set free. Amen. May the spirit of the world you have heard today take over that space, and may you be led by the spirit of the word of God you have heard today in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. The spirit of faith. The spirit of righteousness. The spirit of boldness. The spirit of grace. The spirit of power. The spirit of victory. May that spirit be attached to your soul. And may from now henceforth be led by that spirit in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Precious Father, we give you all the glory. We give you all the honor. Because we know you have answered us. And we know you will do more than we can think of. Because of your power, depots, signals that is at work. Be that way exalted. Amen. Amen.